When you study the book of Genesis carefully, a group of people came together building the tower called the Tower of Babel. Or Babel. They started, but God saw the motive and knew that the agenda was wrong. What he did was to come down and scatter them through the misunderstanding of languages. I can imagine someone saying hello, then it means slap my face in another language. Then before he is aware, there's a slap on his face. Are you getting it? I can imagine someone saying, I'm hungry. Then it means that kick me. You see why there was confusion among them. It wasn't just about I'm talking and you are not understanding. It was also about a misunderstanding of what was being said and the chaos it induced. But I found in scriptures in the book of Acts that there was a day called the day of Pentecost. And on that day of Pentecost, there was also something similar to what happened during the construction of Babel. Tongues, different languages. But do you see the difference? The people who heard them speak understood what they were saying in their own languages. He is the spirit that brings about all nations together so that we will understand each other and serve God. Today, as we celebrate all cultures, all nations, we want to speak about this special person, the Holy Spirit, the one who brings nations together. Beloved, in a moment, in fact, very brief, I'm just speaking about the Holy Spirit. The intention is just to do a brief introduction, and I will highlight on something I believe he prompted my heart and gave me some insight into. How he prevents us from becoming orphans. How the Holy Spirit prevents us from becoming orphans. So I will start briefly by just touching on the Holy Spirit, drawing our attention to something extremely important. His Spirit, as John 4 describes, God is Spirit. God is Spirit. But the person we are describing, if I'm allowed to say, His Spirit is prefixed with the word holy. Are we getting it? So we're looking at two things for today. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, and then how he prevents us from becoming orphans. The first point the Lord laid upon my heart, which I've written in my notes over here, maybe it will help uh, we all engaging with it if you want to write. He's the person we lost in the Garden of Eden when we all sinned. We're walking through slowly. The Holy Spirit is the person we lost in the Garden of Eden when we all sinned through Adam. And he's the person we receive when we reunite with God by repenting and believing in Jesus Christ. Let me put it in simple terms. When we all sinned in the Garden of Eden through Adam, the very person we lost, the personality we lost, why we died. Remember, if the Spirit of God lives in you, you do not die. Therefore, when Jesus says in John 14 that because I live, you will live. In the context of that scripture, he was talking about the Holy Spirit who was to come. The reason why believers only fall asleep, only to be woken up on the day our Lord Jesus Christ arises, is that we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit, awaiting that day when our Lord will cry out unto us. So the very person who left us was the Holy Spirit. 
So my dear brothers and sisters, on this Gospel Sunday, the day that we celebrate in all nations, cultures at PIWC Accra, I want to remind us that the very person we gain, the one we get back, the one who is restored to us, is the Holy Spirit. The first type of sin may be called original sin. So let's blame Adam for it. We were all in him. But again, he is the person we continue to lose when we sin. On this second note, I'm referring to our own sins, our own denial of God, our own doings that are sinful. When we continue doing that, we lose him. But he's the one we gain when we are forgiven. Hey, are you getting it? So if in the Garden of Eden we lost him, through the coming of Jesus we have received him. If through our weaknesses and sins we lose him, through the forgiveness that come in the name of Jesus, we receive him back. So you see the double package today. Today, as we celebrate all nations, I pray in the name of Jesus that you receive the Holy Spirit. He is the one to keep us stable. You see, we regain him when we are forgiven. It's no excuse for us to continue sinning. But for us to be assured that he's knocking at the door. The songwriter said someone knocking at the door. He's knocking at the door. If you allow him today, he will come in. He wants to have fellowship with you. You see how we usually say, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God. And when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we talk about him this way. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. If you've lost contact as we celebrate all nations, I present to you back the Holy Spirit. He's looking to have fellowship with you. You will not go back the same if you open your heart up and welcome him because he's already knocking. He wants to come and have residence in you. That very thing you are struggling with, that very thing you are confused about, remember he's called the teacher. That condemnation upon you, remember he is the advocate. That thing that has been laid upon you and you have no means of defending yourself, we invite the Holy Spirit in and he will take care of that. He's holy. Original sin and continuous sin puts him away. And when we are forgiven, he is restored unto us. In fact, Genesis 6, 3 puts it this way. Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. Then the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive. I'm reading from the Amplified Version, dear ones. My spirit shall not strive and remain with man forever. Because he is indeed flesh. The word flesh over there in other translations refer to he is sinful. He is corrupt giving over to sensual appetites. Then he says that nevertheless, his days shall yet be 120. In other words, there was a slash down. Ooh. There was a slash down. If the spirit continues to live in us, dear ones, we will live as he lives. I pray in the name of Jesus. You see, when he comes, dead things come back to life, especially those that are connected with the will of God. That very thing you lost in the past and that very thing you knew you were good about, which helped the church of God, which helped every aspect of ministry, that you no longer feel it. Today, we cause it to come back 
to life by the power of the Holy Ghost. I pray in the name of Jesus today, receive another touch of the Holy Ghost. We need him. We need him. When the Spirit of God leaves us, we inherit death. We inherit death. He's the one we gain when we come to God. In fact, friends, he draws us to God. But he's the one we lose when we depart from God. So you see, King David, after sinning and asking forgiveness, says something very profound. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Because he knows that if that person is gone, he's nowhere. He does not deserve to live. May it be a cry as we yearn for another touch of the Holy Spirit. The Lord, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Even if I'm weak, if I've sinned in one way or the other, one thing I cry unto you, this should be our cry. Take not your Holy Spirit. Sisters, we need to say, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Brothers, let's say, take not your Holy Spirit from me, O God. We need you more. In our personal lives, we have tasted how he directs. We have tasted how sometimes he even delays you. We have tasted how sometimes he causes distraction in a way for you to avoid the danger that is ahead. Take note, the Holy Spirit, from me. Holy Spirit, we welcome you one more time. Lord, we need you one more time. We have seen him in the demonstration of his gifts in his church. We have no grounds to deny his existence. He's real. He's real. As I speak, I'm talking about a real spirit. And he is here right now to refresh you onto higher levels of relationship with God. He is a spirit of holiness. Dear ones, he is a spirit of holiness. You see, generally his spirit, his spirit in John chapter 4 verse 24, the authorized God is spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So like I explained earlier on, the starting name is holy, holy. Therefore, he does not dwell in evil. My dear ones, can I say that again? He does not dwell in evil. The name Holy Spirit suggests that there can be evil spirits. Did you hear that? I'm not going to go into that, but the name Holy Spirit means that he has clarified himself that there could be other spirits, but me, I am holy. He is holy. He does not dwell in evil. He is the evidence of the presence of Christ Jesus. Let me say that again. He is the evidence of the presence of Christ Jesus. Because, you see, in Christ's physical body, we saw him ascend. He says he's going to come back. But in our moment now, he is the evidence of the continuous presence of Jesus. Matthew 28, verse 20 says, Behold, I am with you to the very end. Indeed, Christ Jesus is with us. But the Holy Spirit causes us to believe that more. Because he shows that Christ Jesus is real and he's right with us. We do not see God, but there is evidence. There is what he does to prove that he is with us. And it's the Holy Spirit who does that. Let me draw attention to this man I often quote C.S. Lewis. He says something very important, friends. He said that, look, I do not see the sun. 
You know how the sun shines up there? I do not see it because what I'm even seeing is just a minor reflection of the true form of the sun. But I know the sun exists because in its light, I can see other things. Do you get it? I do not need to see even the sun. But the sun produces light. And in its light, I see other things. If we bring it to today's message, then we do not even physically need to see God. But in God's Holy Spirit and what he does, we are able to see God. So when we are gathered and we lay hands on people and Jesus baptizes them with a language that they do not understand, then it is given a further evidence that, look, this thing we said is true. When a person is not feeling well and we lay hands on the person and the person is healed, over our days he has proven again that he's real, he's right with us. When a person is seated there and as I speak, the Lord takes the word and convicts the heart of the person. That is an evidence that there is life in what we are saying and is done by the Holy Spirit. When we come together and you see a person who has hurt you, even if you go to court, there is no way you can let go. But the word of God touches your heart to be able to forgive and say sorry and to bring about unity even in homes, among families, at workplaces. Then he has proven that he is with us. The evidence of the continuous presence of Jesus is by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Friends, all I've been trying to say in this first part that we lost him in the garden. Our continuous sin causes us to lose him. But when we are forgiven, we, he is restored unto us. Now, I just want you to go into your very self. And if you know you have denied him, he's a gentle spirit. If you lock the door against him and say, I don't need you, he won't force himself on you in any way at all. He will be there looking at you prompting you, would you not invite, you see, sometimes the loads and the burdens we carry upon ourselves is just because we have not invited him in. I just want you to yearn as the deer pants for the waters, so your soul should pant for him and say, Lord, come afresh. Every word that has been used to describe the Holy Spirit refers to a verb that means that he can be topped up. So he flows like water. You hear that. It means that you can increase water. He burns like fire. It means that you can increase the fire. He's like the dew of heaven. He's like smoke. He's like everywhere that describes the Holy Spirit gives the implication that there can be a top up. Today, I cry from the core of my heart as the Lord allows me grace that we will need more of him and call him to fill us more. John 14 verse 18. Remember the first part has been that sin puts him away, but we can invite him. So if there's hatred, lie, lust, cheating, unforgiveness, let go and invite him in. Come, sweet spirit. He's here. He's here. He's here. 
Wherever you are, receive him now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, touch hearts in Jesus' mighty name. Sister, God bless you. John 14, 18. John 14, 18. I read it briefly, dear ones. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Just like the parting message of Jesus, he comes to his friends and he, they all know that he's going. And I can imagine, <laughs> in as much as we think that they, they will be sad as he's going, those who were fed up with him will say, oh, <laughs> yeah. But he, he assures them that the chapter has not ended. I'm not just going. But this word, maybe you've heard it, but look at it in another way. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I'll be back. I'll come to you. Then now he sends the Holy Spirit to fill them on the day of Pentecost and to dwell with them forever so that they will not be left as orphans. Friends, that means that the person without the Holy Spirit is like an orphan. Did you get that, dear one? He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will be back. So the less you have of him, the closer you become like an orphan. Can I draw your attention a bit to how orphans are, or in a modern life, how orphans can be perceived? It literally means that they have no parents. Their parents are gone. But now the Holy Spirit comes so that we shall be reconnected to our Father so that we are no longer like orphans. We can speak to our Father, Abba Father, and He will quickly come to our aid. Someone today I announce to you, if you allow the Holy Spirit in, you are not an orphan. You have a Father who will change situations. He reunites us. To our heavenly parenthood, our Father in heaven. You see how Jesus prays. Our Father in heaven. The Holy Spirit connects us back. Orphans usually do not have someone to speak to. They would have gone to their dad or mom to, to, to tell them what they are going through, the challenges here and there. Trivial as your challenge may be, the Holy Spirit connects us to a Father. And even when we do not have adequate words to express our desperation, the Bible says we do not even know what to pray about. But with groans, he makes intercession to God the Father about us. May the Holy Spirit come in more so that we shall be reconnected to our Father. My dear ones, I don't know why I'm speaking this way to you, but maybe you've lost touch with your Father. Maybe you're going through something and you have no one to speak to. On today's occasion, dear ones, I present to you someone who can reconnect you to your father. Just open up to him. Then the other thing is sometimes you may have somebody to speak to. But as human as we are, we are not available at every place. And you need someone to speak on your behalf. You need someone to defend you. You need someone to intervene. Jesus describes him again in John 14, verse 16. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate, another advocate, someone in an advocacy role, someone to come in 
Friends, if you learn to rest in the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to become your advocate, you can have a peace of mind. He will do it. Allow him in so that he will speak on your behalf in the name of Jesus. Then he says that to help you, we all need help. But this is the help of an advocate to be involved in things that physically we may not be there to be involved in. Friends, helpers are stronger than us. Therefore, what we cannot do, he comes in to help us. What are you struggling with? I present to you the Holy Spirit. Just invite him in. Say, Lord, I've heard about you. I invite you in, Holy Ghost. His strength will come. Just desire him. Say, I want to have fellowship with you. I want to regain you. Invite him in. Invite him in. Invite him in. Invite him in. Kalibasota. Antoya Lebrosi and Yaloboka, Spirit of Relevant, Marukabayan de Yaleboka Sande Yalebekata Yanda, this morning, Lekebo Remasota, Lela, the whole world is an orphanage, but the Holy Spirit takes us from that orphanage and makes us sons and daughters of the Most High God. Come you one more time, Lord. I need you more, Lord. We need you more, Lord. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! 